So I this is putting you guys on the spot without even talking about it backstage before we come on. Are you Cincinnati Chili fans? Do you do you partake in the Cincinnati Chili tradition? Tim? No. I no. Know. Justin? Being from here, I do partake in eating Cincinnati chili. Um, there's a big divide between this, people this that's from your nose. Skyline, Skyline or gold, gold medal. <laughs> take listen, take the new gold star. Gold star. Gold star, excuse me. What what uh Skyline or Gold Star, take the 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 new um support for the Bengals out of the equation because it, it switched from gold star to for skyline sure. this year. For sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Who are you? Who what what team are you on, Justin? I'm always going to rock Skyline. That has always ah, been my, my brand of chili. See, my, I, that was I always been my brand skyline. of chili. Now, here's the thing: since I was in high school, so that's how long it's been since I've been home. And it's so. more and it's more no globally known nationwide that Skyline is the premier brand of Cincinnati chili. Gold Star is there too, but like, here's the thing about Gold Star, and there's a lot of Gold Star fans in the city. However. I always attribute it to if you're a Gold Star Chili fan, you're probably either from the west side of Cincinnati or you live in northern Kentucky because premier Cincinnati locals and residents of all across prefer Skyline. And that's maybe not a one-size-fits-all kind of case, but that's tend to what I always find out when I'm talking about our chili to everybody across the region or the city. Do you know where the – most northern skyline chili is um i want to say it's there is some skyline chilies that populated in columbus ohio um i want to say north. i i was going to say i got to be a little bit further north we probably got some footprint lima i think we got a, i think we got really lima yep lima, that lima is ohio not on 309 um i actually yeah, know the owners the, remember the country club i used to run yeah there, uh, it's the farthest north. So when I go visit my mother, I can actually get my skyline fixed. I go in wow. there and get me my four way. Let's go. And that's the awesome. That's the awesome part. And the thing is, you don't see Gold Star in that way now, do you? Nope. And I, that's, and I get that's that hot my sauce. Point exactly. Coney dolls. My dad used to love Coney dolls when he was around there. Oh. Yeah. All right, I'm hungry now. We got to start the show. Bengals fans, thank you for rocking with us here on the Fans First Sports Network. We are running through the jungle. I'm your host, Brandon Harry, with your host, Justin Lacey and Tim Lyons. What's going on, fellas? What up? Just talking to some chili backstage and, you know, to start to open up the show. And now I'm hungry, too. So there I'm, it is. I'm ready there it is. So this, this could be a quick episode. So go ahead and get those likes, 
subscribes if you're on uh, audio only, likes if you're on YouTube, share us with a friend. Go ahead and get that start, started now because we could run through this very quickly because we got to get to some food now. I got I got pizza that needs eating. Um, so, yeah, here let's talk football now. Let's get off food. Let's get into football. Cincinnati Bengals, uh, winners of two in a row. And looking pretty good on offense. We've we've definitely talked a lot on the reactions about running the ball and and uh, getting under center more and how it looks a little bit different with Jake Browning and uh, and 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 basically how we thought that's what we were going to see more of even with Joe Burrow, but it, I think that was kind of stunted because of the injury to the calf. Couldn't get him under center. Couldn't couldn't get mm-hmm. um, you know the seven step drop out of out of center. So. Um, it, it's kind of the evolution, I think, of what it actually, I thought the offense was supposed to look like from, from get-go. Um, Justin, you got any thoughts on that? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, honestly, it's what a hell of a roller coaster this ride this has been this season. And I know we came in here with expectation of obviously going back to the Super Bowl and fin- finally winning it this time. The things didn't shake out in our favor with the burrow calf injury. We had to go through that hurdle, but it felt like we were hitting our stride. And then, unfortunately, he gets hurt and misses now the rest of the season. But I, I tell you, man, um, while we were all down in the dumps after it happened, man, the Bengals have right at the ship exactly how we thought that they should have done. They kind of exceeded expectations for the most part. We, we're seeing what Jake Browning is doing as what we've always wanted a backup quarterback to step in place of Joe Burrow to become, and he's been more. And I think that it's you can't really tip your cat enough to him of what he's been able to sort of muster up. Um, the offense, to your point, it feels like that it's gone a lot smoother, not because Jake Browning is a better quarterback than Burrow by any means. We know this. There's only one Joe Burrow. But it's by the virtue of, the coaching staff and the offensive coaching staff and Zach Taylor have tailored the specifics in the game plan. You know, I'll actually, I'll actually give this uh, referendum here. The nineties bulls, when Phil Jackson was coaching, um, the reason why Doug Collins, the former head coach was out and they put Phil Jackson in because he created the triangle offense. But the problem in the early parts of the triangle offense what happened was because Jordan was resuscitating on passing the ball to teammates when he wanted the ball in his hands at critical moments during the juncture of their, their games. But once he finally understood that then the triangle offense worked to perfection. Then we, everybody talks about the retirement year that bro, I'm sorry, that Michael Jordan took um, after the 93 season, the triangle offense, when Scottie Pippen led to him that first season after Jordan had retired, it worked flawlessly, and it's not like because they had better players. It's just the system. They were able to run the system where they didn't really care who shot the ball last. It's sort of like what the Bengals are doing on offense. It's kind of like that. Now, now there doesn't have to feel this angst of where there's got to be this, this elevating pleasing of Joe Burrow and doing things that he only wants to do, even though we love it as fans, that you put the ball in his hands when the going gets tough and the tough gets going. Joe Burrow needs the ball in his hands. But these last two games, we're able to see Jake Brown and just be unselfish, run the ball, whether if it's under center, whether if it's from shotgun, whether if it's from pistol, whether if it's a swing pass out the backfield, you know, and, and it's stuff like that. The screen game, we all know about that. And honestly, that's what we wanted Jake Brown to do was just be himself. Don't try to fill Burrow's shoes. And the offense needs to be able to cater a specific game plan around him. And they've done both of that. 
Yeah, well said. Uh, and, and and it's not to the detriment of the passing game either. I mean, we're talking 350 yards, 275 yards. Like Jake Browning's had a lot of passing too. What what it does to me, I mean, staying focused on on the run game and and having that good mix allows for more protection for Browning. They just can't pin their ears back and and just go you know, flying up field. And I think that would, I think that Joe Burrow would, would, uh, also, uh, really benefit from that, 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 uh, philosophy as well. So I'm hoping the coaches keep this philosophy moving forward. This is the way to me, it should look. What do you, what are your thoughts, Tim? I kind of question why we let Joe start when we knew he had a calf injury now. Um, I, I know he's our, you know, our franchise. Um, but the what ifs now are going, you know, was it a good idea to let let Joe play those those games with that calf injury? You know, we'll never know. You know, it is what it is. Um, but with what Jake's doing right now, you know, I know the last two games he's had over 110 uh, QB rating, you know, the last two games. He's actually showing promising. Um, with the mixture of the offensive or, you know, with the run in the in the pass and play actions. Um, it, it's been paying off really well. Uh, and, and like you've said and we've said in the past, I hope they continue this even when Joe is back. If they don't continue this and we sit back in shotgun formation, we're, we're going to fail eventually because, you know, everybody knows how the Bengals and, and Zach Taylor likes to call the offense. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, we can't we can't allow that to keep happening of just, you know, shotgun formation. Let's pass the ball 88% of the time, uh, give up on the run after the first half. We can't do that. We, it just like, I, like I said last week, it's the fundamentals of football. Um, I know I preach run the damn ball and I'm going to keep preaching it. It, it. It's, it's, you know, it's opening up things for Jake. It's not allowing these defenses to, like you say, pin their ear back and just, you know, go like rabid dogs. Tee off. They just tee yeah. off on us. You know, it, it was ob- like I said. Like I said, the obvious picture of it was when Jake came in against the Ravens. What did the Ravens do? They blitzed the hell out of us. Nothing mm-hmm. we can do when they're when they're sending seven, eight guys. Can't block. And you allow. You know, like I always say, there's one one thousand, two one thousand. TJ Watts in your butt. So, you know, if we mix it up, keep mixing it up, we'll be fine. Um, and hopefully, they continue this when Joe comes back next year. And um, we'll see what happens. All right. Well, we, we've preached the philosophies enough, I think. Let's get into our matchup uh, this week. We're playing Saturday afternoon. Kind of excited about that. Not going to lie. Um, yeah. And college bowl games are starting. Kind of excited about that. Not going to lie. Uh, so there's a lot going on. You can go over to Paydirt and find out where um, – listen to our uh, gambling picks and find out who we picked. Last week was one of our worst weeks. Uh, this season of pay dirt, and we went six, four, and one. Yeah, it's I, I'm I'm not going to say it until the end of the season because I don't want to believe in jinxes, and I'm not going to jinx ourselves. But we've been doing pretty good, mm-hmm. so check that out if you like to if you like to get your game on. Um, but it's an interesting matchup. Uh, you know, the the Vikings are on their fourth quarterback uh, mm-hmm. of the season. They're dinged up all over the place. Uh, they, they've got a, a really odd um, defensive statistically. 
so you look at their defense, and their defense is um, is ranked pretty high in, in um, rush defense and passing defense, but not high in scoring defense. They don't have that bend, don't break. They just break um, when you get close. So, so some interesting things. So, Tim, I'm going to shoot it over to you first. Um, what do you see as a, a big opportunity here going into this Minnesota Minnesota Vikings game? Our biggest opportunity is going to be going up against Nick Mullen. You know, uh, last week, um, I believe um, Josh Dobbs was sacked five times last week. Uh, he he allowed. I think he only threw for like a hundred and some yards. No touchdowns. No interceptions. No nothing. Um, they did run the ball. You know, six. I think it was like sixty-three yards. Uh, Matt, Madison had. Um, so they did have the. You know, they ran the ball for over hundred yards last week. Um, but I think we take advantage of their offensive situation that's going on right now. I think Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard and Hilton and those guys, I think they're going to get their opportunities to sack, uh, make Mullins turn over the ball, throw some throw some passes that he shouldn't throw. Um, you know, and like I said, Jake, Jake Browning on our end, you know, yeah, he's been playing fairly well. And I believe against the against the rush right now, he's actually has like a, uh, 138 QBR rating against the against the blitz, so he's actually doing fairly That's a well. Great shout out! That's a great shout out because Minnesota does like the blitz. Yeah, so you know we are going against Dan, uh, Hunter and, and, and the boys. So um, you know there's that defense, and you know hopefully Jake can uh, be quick and make decisions fast, and our offensive line stays stays and you know protects protects him. I dig it. I dig it. Justin, we'll shoot it over to you. What uh, what what is the biggest opportunities you see here for the Bengals going up against the Vikings? All right. So the biggest opportunity that I have is obviously on the defensive side of the ball to where you can actually pressure the quarterback at a relentless level and a relentless pace, sort of like we did with the Indianapolis Colts. I would have loved to us to have gotten more sacks on Garner Minshew, but at the end of the day, you can't go wrong with how that defense performed on this past Sunday. Um, with this being a relatively shorter week on a Saturday, which I agree, I like the Saturday one o'clock game too. It just feels like that. It will just give you a nice fresh start to the weekend. You can sort of just chill, relax on Sunday, assuming the Bengals handle business and win the game. Um, but I, that's where I believe that the opportunity speaks volume for most for me. When I look at this Minnesota Vikings team in this totality, I don't, I, I kind of attribute it to more of how I looked at the Colts last year before, I'm mean, sorry, last week before us playing them that they're a team that has some overachievement, went through, battled through a lot of adversity, um, obviously losing um, Kirk Cousins hurt for them, but they were able to rebound with a nice story with Josh Dobbs coming in at the last second to start and throw a game-winning touchdown for them. There was a lot of hoopla about that early on, but then you can kind of see that that magic sort of waned and kind of ran out. We went against Josh Dobbs when he played for the Cardinals, so it's not like that was going to be new territory if he was the named starter, but – Nick Mullins is actually your premier game manager as a backup to third string quarterback, as what people most know. Um, I think that he, I mean, I, I think that he last, from what I last remembered him playing was for the Cleveland Browns in 2021 as a third string quarterback to then Baker Mayfield um, and to Case Keenum. Nick Mullins just falls right into that, that, that category of what kind of quarterback style of play that you're looking at. And there is opportunity to where you can press him, like pressure him a lot. And, you know, Trey Hendrickson is having a great team, one hell of a great season. 
you know, two sacks, almost three sacks and a forced fumble. But that's where I feel like that's the biggest opportunity. And we'll obviously get more into the uh, Vikings as a matchup. But that to answer the question straight up, the uh, defensive side of the ball for the Bengals can provide the most opportunity for us to win this game instead more of the offensive side for me when I just look at it in its totality. I, I agree with both of you. And and you look at what we do ve- well versus what they um, have have done poorly. And you look at, again, you're on your fourth quarterback. Um, so that's always going to be a concern. And looking more at that, you know, obviously if they're if they're top five in rush defense, top five and pa- top ten in pass defense, and they're and they're in that literally bottom um, in scoring defense, that to me has to be turnovers, right? It has to be short fields. It's got to be bad special teams play and turnovers. So. We're still very opportunistic defense, no matter how many yards we give up every week. And last week um, was probably one of our better defensive uh, performances to date as far as yardage goes. And um, we're tied for second in the league in turnover differential. I think that's where the opportunity is. I think um, I think we're uh, – I would say force the hand here with some turnovers, win that turnover battle, win this game. Um uh, foreshadowing to who I'm going to give a game ball to, but <clears throat> we'll we'll get to that later. Um, so let's go. Let's uh, throw it back. What what are your concerns then um, for this Minnesota Vikings uh, team, Justin? What do you what do you what do you see here that 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 you think we need to be aware of going in? So as the biggest opportunity that I brought brought up about the Bengals defense against their offense. I'm also going to use that as our concern, too, as well. And the reason why I say that is because Justin Jefferson, you know, he's a top two, top guy at the wide receiver position. And quite frankly, you don't have CTB out there yet. I love that Cheeto is coming into his own. You know, he's starting to feel like that he's playing with that confidence like he had the last few years before he got that injury. And I, I, I like to see him. I love seeing him playing out there. But at the end of the day, you weren't going against Justin Jefferson every week, my, my man. Like, Justin Jefferson, even though he's coming back from his injury, um, you know, I think he suffered a chest injury that he didn't play the rest of the game last week. But that's still that's still Jettis. And, you know, it's like going against Jamar over here. So that's the one number one concern that I have. However, their defense also gives me a little bit of concern, too, not because of the names that they have on the roster there, um, I know that they have Daniel Hunter, who's similar to Trey Hendrickson. He was well on his way of having a one hell of a year where he could have been the candidate for defensive player of the year had the Vikings continued their success. But he sort of waned off a bit. You still got guys like Harrison Smith. I'm looking at their roster right now on the defense side of the ball. I don't really love their corners. Byron Murphy Jr., Andrew Booth, uh, Caleb Evans, Makai Blackman. I'm not really – they don't really have the name recognition for me to feel like that, oh, my gosh, I need yeah. to just – I need to watch out for those. But that's the problem because Brian Flores is their defensive coordinator and he's played his he showed his time as a head coach with the Dolphins, obviously, most notably. But just this past year with the Pittsburgh Steelers under Mike Tomlin as a special um, defensive coordinator assistant or linebackers, because whatever that title he was doing. But at the end of the day, he has generated a lot of pressure for that team and it makes it really tough to move the ball on. And if you're the Bengals offense, 
as much as we like Jake Browning, this game could turn into a dogfight if you don't take advantage of the early stages against their defense of being able to stay a step ahead. And I think that if you allow them to get off with and play with confidence, it's going to be a long day for you. So th- those are my two concerns, Justin Jefferson on offense and then our matchup against their fast-paced moving attitude on defense. And you know Justin Jefferson, whether they say it or not, but him and and, and uh, Jamar Chase going up against each other, they're both going to want to go off. They want to want to put up. They're both going to want to show off. They want to show. They want to prove who's better in those two, and that's 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 never going to change. It's never going to go away. Tim, what uh, what concerns do you have going uh, going into Saturday with this Vikings team? It's going to be the Vikings defense. You know they haven't allowed any point any touchdowns in the last two games. Last week, they had three turnovers. They didn't get them many points, but they still forced three turnovers. No one deserved to win that game last week. No. And then right, with Hunter, right. and then with Hunter, Hunter, Hunter's an elite, you know, passer, you know, uh, an, an elite defender. You know, he's got 13 and a half sacks right now. You know, so, you know, I know he didn't have any last week, but he still has 13 and a half sacks, as many as Trey Hendrickson does with 13 and a half sacks. So that pass rush is what, you know, is is my biggest concern. You know, like I said, that defense has not allowed any touchdowns in two games. You know, mm-hmm. so it could be a, um, a it could be a definitely a chess, a, you know, a chess match between the defense and the offense when it comes to this game on Saturday. Definitely. Yeah, I um Similar, similar to what you guys said. You know, obviously there's uh, defense concerns. Um, giving up sacks, that's a that's a big concern. But I'm going to go a little bit. I'm going to zig here instead of zag. Our defense has not played well all season against tight ends. We need to do. We need to change that. This game has to be. Um, you know, Justin Jefferson's easy to get enamored with, hugely talented, um, one of the best wide receivers in the league, no doubt. But TJ Hawkinson is a very good tight end, and we're going to have to make sure we don't lose that level of concern with him just because we're paying attention because I could see him beca- or paying attention to Jefferson because I could see him uh, becoming that security blanket mm-hmm. for for. Uh, Mullins and and that could be an issue over the middle. So we need to make sure that we play good team defense and get some help over there. I'd like to see some safeties lining up on him. And how about get DJ Ivy out there again? That was oh, fun yeah. to see. I appreciated yeah. that. So um, again, those are the concerns. It's a good matchup. We're gonna go into uh, everybody's favorite the offensive and uh, defensive game balls. But after the break, we're gonna take a look at. Now that we're in a dogfight with some of these teams for uh, positioning in the in the uh, wild card, we're going to take a look at some of those matchups and how they affect us, and uh, give you some predictions on that. So, real quick, obviously, we did we, we're we're sticking it out here. We didn't go get Skyline. Um, we didn't we didn't order food yet. So, take a quick second uh, during this break. Like, subscribe, share us with a friend. Uh, we appreciate all you guys listening. Uh, do you, you have to understand how this game works though those a- algorithms on those uh, thumbs up and 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 all those things help us immensely over the past week um podcasts that i'm on have thousands of views 
and only about 150 likes. So take a quick second, just smash that thumbs up for us. We appreciate it very much. We'll be right back. All right, we are back with Running Through the Jungle. I'm your host, Brandon Harriet. You will often hear me refer to as B Dirt. Uh, Tim Lyons in the house and Justin Lacey holding it down in the 513. We appreciate all you guys listening to us. Um, talking about our favorite team, Cincinnati Bengals. So we are going to give you a, a little glimpse in here to uh, some of the other matchups that, that, that um, will affect us here as we're fighting for our um, playoff lives. And uh, a couple of them here are on Saturdays with us. Uh, so we're going to do that Saturday's lineup, a big, a big one here. And I'm just going to flip this over to Justin. We got the Steelers at the Colts. I'm going to give you some, some lines here. So, you know, uh, know who the favorite is that the Colts are actually favored at home by one and a half points. What, uh, what's your take on this game, Justin? As a betting man, I'm staying away from this game because that's seemed like a coin flip game that I do not want to have no parts into. Um, the game is at home for the Indianapolis Colts, I believe. If you're not, if I think you already mentioned that, but the Pittsburgh Steelers is not a, not performing very well on offense. And the last two weeks, obviously, just insinuates that look, they they've lost the two separate two and ten ball clubs, and they're they they're just looking like they're just a wheel that has finally just reached its peak, and then everything is kind of just coming off for them. However. I feel like that this is the classic Mike Tomlin bounce back performance for them. It's not going to be a pretty win, just like usual, even with the injuries that they have, that they have on a depth chart. And I know it may not be a popular opinion, but I am going to think that the Pittsburgh Steelers somehow, some way against all odds, find a way to pull out an ugly stinking 13, 11 win or something, because that's just what they do. But, however, if they don't win, which obviously can happen too, you know, then that just tells me that Mike Tomlin's message is going stale um, at this point. And quite frankly, they may want to try to see – not fire Mike Tomlin. I'm not going to go down in that rabbit hole. But I think that Pittsburgh do pull off a classic rebound before losing to the Bengals the following week. Yeah, I, I can tell you I live in Pittsburgh, for those of you who don't know that, so I'm behind enemy lines here. And I can tell you local radio – hilarious to to listen to this past week um a lot there's a, a couple of different uh big name uh like popular sports radio uh um, guys here in town that are calling for tomlin's job uh the fun stat that i've been uh i've been seeing out of there yeah he's he's 17 straight winning seasons only won playoff games in four of those 17 seasons though so that's uh it's not it's not a good stat it's not a stat you want to you want to uh sprinkle down around out here um yeah if you are gambling uh person again i'll reference pay dirt go check that out uh, under 42 and a half points the under has come through in all but two of the steelers games this year i just blindly bet it every week uh, quarterback play right now in Pittsburgh, not very good. Not great at um, all. So uh, um, I, uh, I'm i going to give this one actually over to uh, my friend here, Tim. Again, a Saturday game. This is going to be the night game. The Broncos 
who are ahead of us in that position right now go to the Lions, and the Lions are four-point favorites to bounce back here. Tim, what do you think about this game? Well, the Lions just got, you know, they just got beat by the Bears last week, wasn't it? Molly whopped. Yeah. You know, and they're four and two at home in the games at home. Um, I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to stay away from that, that, you know, saying that I say the Lions will win, but I don't think that they'll cover. So you got a field goal game here? Yeah, I, I don't think they'll cover because, you know, honestly, those games that they did lose, they shouldn't have lost. They shouldn't have lost those games. They and you know the and with the Broncos, you know the Broncos and Russ, they're battling, and you know one minute Russ is out there throwing for three hundred and some yards, and you know sometimes they're winning and sometimes they're losing. You know he threw that uh, interception in the end zone against the Texans, I think it was. Um, you know, so Russ is, you know, Russ is Russ. I, you know, I'm, I live in Seattle. You know, I know about Russell Wilson. I've watched him play through his whole career here. Um, you know, his, his release is slower. His decision maker a little bit slower. Um, but the Broncos defense, the Broncos have a hell of a defense. You know, they're playing well. They're playing really good. Every, I think every time I watch them on, on, on TV, they're causing a turnover. But then again, they're playing against Detroit in Detroit against uh, Jared Goff and Ahmad St. Brown. And, you know, they got that little Gibbs dude. That Gibbs dude, he's just a, he's a rocket flying out the backfield. So, and then, of course, you know, they have uh, Hutchinson from Michigan, hell of a defender. You know, you know I'm going to say, I'm going to say the Lions win, but they don't cover the spread. Yeah. Hutchinson's a badass. I love that guy. Um, if you, for those of you who don't know, uh, that top corner right there, that seven that you see in that frame, that's a signed Hutchinson jersey, actually. Um, so, you know, I'm looking through these games, right? Uh, Jets at Dolphins has, you know, can the Jets claw back into it? I, that's an eight and a half point favorite. I don't think anybody expects them to pull off that upset. Uh, even though uh, Zach Wilson did have his best game as a pro last week, Um the next one in in uh, division here game, the Bears go to Cleveland, and Cleveland's our three point favorite. Um, I really, I, I kind of want to root against the Bears here, uh, because Big G picked the Bears to win three straight games on um, the Homies podcast on Friday nights. Uh, if you guys don't watch that, you should definitely check it out. That's a Steel Curtain Network. You can come on there and watch me uh, poke the bear over there. It's a good time. I wore a uh, please pray for me on Petty uh, shirt uh, last week, so that was that was a good time. Um, I, I honest to God, I, I think you know Delpit is is now hurt and out for the Browns. Um, they've got a couple injuries on D. Uh, where I think the Bears are good at. Um, Running the ball uh, between the tackles is is something I think now is going to, especially with the safety out, I think it's going to be um, a little bit more open there because Delpit's a, a very um, physical safety. So I think they stick a step back there and they stay away from Miles Garrett because of that. And, I mean, Miles, a freak of nature, 
But Justin Fields is mobile too. So uh, he's going to have his work cut out for him chasing that guy down. So I, I think the Bears could pull the upset off here. Uh, I can actually so, see that too, honestly. I really so I, can. Uh, um, I'll be rooting for him. That's for darn sure. So let me ask you a question, though. So I know in the past you've been picking the Bears to win these games and you've been failing miserably. <clears throat> what's your What's your record when you pick the Bears to win? Who? I don't even pick the Bears. Dude, I haven't picked the Bears for – Well, I'm just saying because I, I know there was hey a does. couple weeks. I don't do well, I know there was a couple of weeks you did pick the Bears because I listed that on on pay dirt. Uh, not that week. Not that week. No, I personally mm-hmm. want to say that for the when it comes to the Bears, personally, they pulled off the upset last week, and that's large part because they just give Detroit a great fight all the time when they play each other. Um, the last time they played each other wasn't even that close of a win, I believe. Uh, for the Lions, and it was just bound to happen. So, as much as I want to go with the upset, uh, Detroit—I mean, I'm sorry, Chicago over Cleveland. Man, Cleveland's again a lot like Pittsburgh. They're they're kind of unraveling at the wrong time too. Dewan Jones is now out for their season, uh, out for the season. Their star rookie stud left uh, right tackle. You like you said, you just mentioned Grant Delpit. Um, you know, Joe Flacco has sort of rejuvenated their their spirits at quarterback, but. I'm not going to lie to you. I kind of think Flacco will turn into a pumpkin at some point. He always just throws these back-breaking interceptions, and he just hasn't really played the right team yet to where you can sort of see that. And uh, so it, this does have the makings for an upset, but, <laughs> yeah. And, and, Brandon, I don't think you picked picked the uh, the Bears on Pater. I think it was on the homies when you were doing Oh, that. well, that's because I, they make me pick those games. I don't know. Okay. That, that's, no. a, that's a that's – a, so that's a okay. – uh, Well, we won't count those then. We'll that's a coin toss. So that's, yeah. a, that's a good point. Like, so when you look at – we do all the picks on uh, homies overtime, and mm-hmm. th- those aren't games I would bet. You know what I mean? Like, those, yeah, are, just, yeah, yeah. those are just randomly given to me. Games that I think I would bet, I dive into those a lot more. Those things are just on the spot. You pick this game. I don't know. I don't know. So it's yeah. a whole different ball game. That's the reason why Tate does better than me on that on that particular show. Well, I'm going to uh, give you props though because on pay dirt, I know my brother. He listens to you guys religiously every week, and when he hits gold, he tells me, "Hey, man, I just cashed out a thousand dollars and all this other stuff." So. You guys are doing great over at Paydirt. So, guys, watch Paydirt. Listen to Paydirt on Spotify, uh, Google, or Apple Podcasts. Watch them on on uh, YouTube. Yeah, we, they they, they know their stuff. You know, I don't. I'm not a gambling man because here in Washington, you know, we can't we can't use DraftKings and all that stuff. We actually have to go to the casino and oh, set our bets. And I'm not. No doing yeah, I was there. No I was there. I'm glad that this gamble sports gambling in Ohio is now legal. So, yeah. yes, yeah. Yeah, we got the the Texans at the Titans is an interesting game. Um, it certainly the is, Titans yeah. are favored by three now. What? Uh, CJ Stroud uh, is in concussion protocol, so we don't know what we're getting there. Nico Collins is now out. Tank Dell is out for the rest of the season. Yep. Some of the weapons uh, definitely down for Houston right now. So it'll be interesting to see what they do there. Um, Justin. What's your take on this uh, Sunday night game? I think this is going to be a fun game to watch. We got the Ravens going to Jacksonville. Jacksonville's a three-point 
home dog. What do you mm-hmm. think about that game? Well, I know what the public thinks that you should think about that game is fear the Ravens. They're the Baltimore Ravens. They're the, they're crowning them right now as to being the best team in the AFC. 83% of money bet on DraftKings right now is on the Ravens. I feel mm-hmm. like that that's the case. However, I'm this is that classic trap game to where if you feel like that you should bet the Ravens, you may lose some money here. Because I watched the Ravens, too, when they played the Rams, and I was not really super impressed with how they performed. I was impressed with Lamar Jackson, yes. But I was not impressed with anything else regarding that team outside of maybe OBJ and um, the running game, too, obviously, because they're the number one ranked running team, rushing team in football. So Jacksonville is coming off of two straight losses. They had the opportunity of the lifetime on Monday night against the Bengals to play for playoff positioning to take over the number one seed. And honestly, they just fell right through the cracks. And then with Cleveland, they had an opportunity late in that ball game to seal off a win, but it was just coaching and decision-making just did not pan out to their liking. Um, Trevor Lawrence is just forced throws just relentlessly. He had four, three or four turnovers. Um, and he just didn't play his best game. I know what the public wants you to think, but personally, I'm actually going to call the upset here, and Jacksonville is going to win this game against the Ravens. That's where I think this is going to go. And it's not me as a Bengals hater. My rooting interest will obviously be rooting for the Ravens to lose. But, no, it's just really just shining the light that Jacksonville is not dead. I know people want you to write them off after losing two straight games against two pretty good AFC North teams themselves. But this is the this is, should be a bounce back effort for them to where it's like okay the pressure should be off of them they shouldn't have to be coming in here with this angst right now they haven't shown that they can really compete up to with the big boys the elites of the elites of the league they 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 got to show that and I think and maybe Trevor Lawrence injury had a little to do it as well that as well too but I just got this funny feeling that Jacksonville goes into this game knowing that it's all or nothing right here. They do not want to see their division rivals like Houston come up their ladder and steal that division crown away from them. And then they will and they'll be able to put some distance if they go out there and win this game instead of hoping for other teams to lose. So that's where I'm going. Jacksonville over uh, Baltimore. Um, Jacksonville, the past couple games, uh, one against us and, and one against the Browns. Uh, again, this is where I go back to. Um, problems that we've had uh, uh you know early on in the season etn 14 uh carries in one game and 11 in the other mm-hmm. they need to be more balanced on offense oh absolutely um, uh, and, and i know he's been a little dinged up you know with a chest uh injury whatever but it's it's that time of year man you got to run the ball um so especially well, think- against baltimore I think on that game on Sunday night, they're going to be running the ball a little bit more, probably on both sides. They said it's supposed to be a light rain and 17-mile-per-hour winds that night. So it could be a uh, a ground a ground game game. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Tim. We're going to stick with you here, buddy. Everybody's favorite section. The segment of the show that gets the most clamoring. We're going to predict – Offensive and defensive game balls and score predictions. Tim, what you got on this uh, offensive game ball? I have Chase Brown written down. 
Ooh. <laughs> I think I think you know we are playing against the Vikings, and you know, of course, we're going to give a lot of our our you know a lot of our handoffs are always to to Joe Mixon. You know, but I think when Chase comes in there, he's going to have a little bit different opportunities. They're going to think that he's going to go for a screen pass or you know a run. Um, people really don't know what they're going to get with Chase because it could be an either be a like I said a screen or a run. Same thing with Mixon it could be a screen or a run. You know, I just I just have this feeling this week it's going to go to Chase Brown. I think Chase Brown's going to go in there. He's going to get his hundo for the for the game receiving and rushing and he's going to get a touchdown chase brown's my my offensive game ball all right he got all defense my defensive game ball is going to go to the cincinnati kid he's going to get one and a half sacks a couple tackles for losses and have eight tackles completely all right so we've got sam hubbard Getting on a sack board, and that would put your score prediction as 24 to 10, the Bengals. I dig it. I dig it. And uh might be might be similarly close uh, to you on that one. Uh all right, we're gonna cut over here. Justin, who you got for your offensive game ball? Well, I got Chase too. I just got Jamar Chase. I'm going Uno. This is the game where he needs to show out and he's going to be well on his way to breaking that um, catch record by TJ Hushman's out for 112. You got Justin Jefferson on across the other side of the field. That's your brother. That's your homie. That's your day one. You played ball together. You went against each other in week one in 2021. You coming in a jungle here. You can't let you, you, you can't let him show you up in your own house. So Uno is going to be the one for me. That's getting the game ball prediction for me. Um, as far as the defense go, I'm actually going to go. I'm going to go with some names here, man. Some some household names. Trey Hendrickson is. He should have been in the conversation. I brought this earlier in the season. He should have been in the conversation for defensive player of the year based of how he's been performing, and he's up there with the best of the best at 13 and a half sacks. And I think that he adds on to that and also gets a strip sack fumble because. Let me just ask a quick question. Oh, Who is really there. who's really taking over the defensive player of the year award right now? Who's leading that game right now? I don't know. I mean, Der- Deron Bland for the Cowboys. It ain't Nick Bosa for the 49ers. It's not it's not Fred Warner. You could talk about Miles Garrett and TJ Watt all you want to. It seems like those are the two big names that get all the hype. Mike Max Crosby along with it, too. But let's just be honest here. How are their teams in that defense has been performing lately? It's really sort of hit this stuck in the mud kind of neutral zone right now to where anybody can really go out there and really take this award. And Trey Hendrickson is quietly having that kind of season, too, but nobody wants to get that respect on his name. So I'm going with him as my defensive game ball prediction. I think he finishes this season out as one of the top guys to get sacks. And I think that you might see his name up there when they all said and done for TV defensive player of the year. Uh, I'm not saying he's going to probably get it, but he should be in the conversation. My score prediction. This could be the classic trap game, too, for the Bengals. But I'm not obviously going to predict the Bengals to lose this game because I'm seeing what the Vikings have put on tape. And there was a one point in the season where they won five straight games. And I look at the opponents that they went against. Their big win everybody talks about. And I watched that game was against the 49ers before we played them and dominated them. But 
the last two weeks, the reason why they have their defensive output the way they did was, you know, a 3 nothing win against the Aiden O'Connell Raiders that have absolutely nothing to play with. And then the week before where they – I believe that they won 12-10 to 10, um, against another lowly team. I don't even remember who that team was, to be perfectly honest with you. I just know that they wasn't really barking no noise. The Bears. They, they, it was against the Bears. It, it just doesn't feel like to me that this Vikings team, while – they can shock anybody on any given day. Anybody in this league can be shocked at any given day. Hell, the Pittsburgh Steelers know by losing to two separate two and ten teams. Oh. I'm not going with the Bengals this time. They're playing just too damn good football. They're playing like a connected group. And I think that they understand the task at hand is that people have wrote this team off and they're not about having them, you know, live up to those expect those failed expectations just because Joe Burrow is out. Now, I'm not saying we're going to go 34 points again like the last two weeks, but I will say we do hit the mid-20s. I'm going to go 23-13 Bengals. All right. I dig it. Um, yeah, I uh, I tell you what. I I, I did – Jamar Chase uh, did get some consideration uh, from me as well for offensive game ball. Uh, Trey Hendrickson – always gets consideration for me for the defensive game ball, but I went a little bit outside of the box for me. This is more of a, a Tim Lyons pick here for offensive game ball. I think Mixon gets his first 100-yard rush. I think he's going to get 100 yards and a touchdown this week, so I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Give the man the ball. Um, defensive game ball, I'm going to go double-digit tackles here, and I'm going to say with an overthrown pass, getting his first NFL interception, I'm taking Jordan Battle. I like I it. I uh, I think he's gonna get his first pick here. I'm 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 looking forward to it. There's a lot of crossing. Um, they like to throw deep crossing routes uh, to Justin Jefferson. I think uh, Nick Mullins is not uh, you know not a. Established. I mean, was he five of thirteen? I think all-time record. He's, he's, you know, decent backup, but not. He's just not Kirk Cousins. I think he's going to miss one high, and Jordan Battle gets a pick here. And uh, that may let me give us my score predictions. I give. I'm giving the Vikings a chance here to to score a few more points, just because Justin Jefferson being being back, and I think he's going to show off and. And uh, our corners have given up some big plays here and there. So I'm going to go 28 20. I think we pull it off, but I, I think it's going to be a 28 20 game and, and the over hits there. So that's where I'm at. So I'm going to have to apologize if anybody can hear that in the background. I don't know. My dog is uh, whining because he wants out of the crate. You can hear dad's voice, and, uh, uh, and, and the lady's not home. So, so uh, I think he's bringing this to a close. <laughs> he's gonna get some love and attention so oh. hey we appreciate him listen the dogs run the house around here that's for sure Amen. that's for sure we have two frenchies and uh and a german shepherd mix and uh they're they're awesome we got a pretty 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 awesome pack around here so well hey that does it for this uh this edition of running through the jungle we appreciate you rocking with us again if you haven't hit that like subscribe uh share that with some friends please do so and uh you know what's a saturday game let's uh let's watch it we'll have a reactions game a reaction uh roaring reactions episode on a saturday how about yeah. that 
That'll be kind yeah, of yeah, I'm excited for that. Yeah. I'm excited for that. Yeah, it'll be a good time. We'll do it. Uh, we'll do it half game, uh, half time of the following game. So uh, it should be a good one. And uh, check us out next week because we are running through the jungle. Yeah. <laughs>